The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Close your eyes and pull like down. And a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam Maguire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star. Before we kick things off, I'd just like to give a gentle reminder to our listeners and viewers to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you in association with our friends at Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, where your bank really does matter. Choose the credit union, choose local, choose community. On this week's podcast, we're going to hear from Kieran O'Sullivan, captain of the Beira Divisional side that won the 1997 County Championship. Kieran has been chatting to Joe McCarthy about that incredible year, which saw Beira lift the Andy Scandal Cup following a replay victory over West Cork rivals Castle Haven. The Beira 97 winning team will be honoured during halftime of this Sunday's Premier Senior Football Championship final between Nemo Rangers and the Bars at Porca Cueve. Later on the show, we'll be chatting to Bandon AFC coach Anya O'Donovan. Anya is a coach with Bandon AFC's senior men's team, and she also coaches the younger generation in their school of excellence. She's been speaking to Dylan Mangan about the significance of the Ireland women's team qualifying for next year's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand and what it could mean for women's soccer in West Cork and beyond. But first, we're looking back to Bera's famous 1997 county final win. So here's Kieran O'Sullivan chatting to Ger McCarthy. Now on the Southern Star podcast, it is a real pleasure to have a member of the 1997 Senior County Championship winning team from Bera, the Bera division, uh, a team that overcame the mighty Castlehaven after a replay to win that title. Uh, it was a fantastic time for Bera football. It was also a fantastic time for their under 21s. They were winning counties around the same time. And a lovely arc uh, means that next Sunday, uh, uh, during at halftime between in the Premier Senior Football Championship County Final Park Equive between Nemo Rangers and St. Finbars, the Bearer team of 1997 will be honoured at halftime in front of what's certain to be a huge crowd. Uh, joining me on the Southern Star podcast this week is one of those, one of Bearer's most important members of that title winning team and also the top scorer from the 1997 championship, which is something I didn't realise until I did my research. But inter- former Intercounty Cork star, All-Ireland winner, Bera and Orhan star as well. Uh, Kirano Sullivan, thank you very much for joining us here on the Southern Star podcast. How are you? I'm good, Joe. I'm good. Delighted to be here. Yeah, you didn't, you don't remember being the top scorer in that particular championship, do you? I could see from your reaction. No, absolutely not, to be honest with you. I, I'm poor to remember that anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, of course, look, it's, so I was told anyway. 
Very good. Well, it's confirmed. Um, before we look back, let's just have a quick look ahead to, to what's happening next Sunday in Parky Creek because it's a lovely moment for you, a lovely moment for that particular panel, an opportunity to be honoured in front of a huge crowd, but obviously the chance to get together and reminisce about the good old times. How much are you looking forward to that? Because I would imagine there's some great stories to be, to be told. Uh, there is, Joe. I mean, I'm very much looking forward to it, as I'm sure everybody else is. You know, it's, there's a lot of buzz around the place, actually. You know, there's a, there's a WhatsApp group out there at the moment, so it's it's hot and heavy. Everybody's <laughs> looking forward. Barry Murphy and a few more have organised the, the the bus and all that, heading heading up from Castle Bear on, on, on Sunday morning. So, yeah, it's all systems go, so we can't, we can't wait, really. Um, you're well used to travelling the road, as are all the members of that panel. That bus is going to get there on time, yeah? Well, we, we hope it will anyway, Joe, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, there might be one or two stops, but I'm sure it's leaving fierce early in the morning. Anyway, someone told me today, Seamus Harrington, Seamus Smith, he told me today, he said, the day of the match, he said, the bus left, I'm not quite sure what time, but he said it's leaving earlier, he said, next Sunday, or we're not playing at all. <laughs> well, that's that's good organisation, as ever from the Bear Division, good organisation. Um, Kieran, you've had a, look, you were blessed to have such a glittering career at inter-county level. Uh, you won all earned, you were part of a fantastic Cork setup. I know how important Orhan is to your club team, but I also know how important Bera is to you and, and Bera football. In 1997, there's a couple of things I wanted to ask you. First of all, winning a county is not an easy thing to do. Even, and it was straight knockout back then for the people, younger uh, watchers and listeners of this podcast may not realise. Now we have a round robin, there's a couple of matches. But back in 1997, it was knockout from day one right the way through. And you did not have an easy path to that final. Um Firstly, I didn't realise either until the research that he played in the Kelleher Shield as a division, which was a big thing uh, back then because divisions don't normally get together that often. How important was it to have a regular set of games heading into that championship? Uh, Jerry, it was hugely important because otherwise we wouldn't have played together as a team. You'd have all individual teams playing within the division, obviously. But it was great. And we travelled all over the county. And we, we also played challenge matches outside of the county just to make sure that we would have games together as a team. And that's that's exactly what's due to us for years. Um, can I ask you, because, you know, when you're part of a divisional team, there's rivalries. It's the same with Carberry. It's the same with Duhallo. It's the same with Car. It's mostly nowadays. There's rivalries with the clubs always coming across each other. There's always an intense rivalry. And there would have been an intense rivalry. How how did you manage? Who uh, what did you get? How, what did you do to to merge and keep the divisional team together as a club? Because I remember on your path to that particular final, because Clonic Kilty would have won it the year before. Like it, you were division, but you seemed and acted like a club team. Is is that fair? Yeah, I suppose that would be fair. I, I think we were very lucky, you know, at that time who we had involved and and Don Sullivan, Don Butcher as he'd been known, hmm. and Johnny Hoolan and, and Barry Murphy. And like they would, they, they were a great bunch involved. So they made it easier for everyone else. I suppose we were very lucky. As you said, we played in the Keller Shields. So we had played numerous games together before we got to championship. Um, but like any divisional team, I think momentum, like we got over the first game against Clyde by mm. a point, just about, just about. And we got on the next day, then we played against Nipirshi. We won at the end, well up half time. Project Crowley saved two penalties the second half. They came right back into it. We won. So the momentum was with us. And I think the longer a division is involved, mm. you know, um, that you're playing together, um, the easier it is, to be honest with you. And, and that helped in our favour. And I think the management made it very easy for us. Yeah, it sounds like they did, because as you said, you did not have it easy. That, that in the Pierce again, there was a lot of penalties. The first day out against Clyde, by your own admission, you didn't play particularly well, but you got over it. And then you met, you met a Duhallo team in the semi-finals. And back then, for people who don't know, in 1997, pre-1997, 
Duhalo would have been the division to beat uh, in that particular, in, at the senior grade. I'd like to Danny Cullity, Cork star playing and a few others. Um, I don't, I'm not asking you to remember how that game went blow for blow, but coming into the Duhalo game, Duhalo certainly would have been favoured, but you won 15 points to seven. That, I mean, that must have given you a real boost, beating a team of that quality going in against the Haven. Oh, it, it absolutely did. I mean, we, we all know, like you said, Duhalo have always been a fantastic division. They've always put great emphasis on the division. I suppose John Fenton Daly really has worked, used to work very well with them. Um, and we mustn't remember or forget that time. Anyway, Ali, Ali O'Sullivan, Ali Ruashi played with us that day. But I mean, he had been sent off in the Nipirsha game. So we thought we were going to be down Ali that day against Duhalo. And so there was fierce pressure put on Paul Hanley from my own club, who um, hadn't played in the, in the previous two games. So he came back for that game in McCroom and he had a stormer. And Ali ended up playing, thanks to the late Jorvat and, and Mick Reynolds and these people. Thanks to Mick, Mick is still with us, um, you know, who worked and, and made sure that Ali was playing on the night. And um, Paul Hanley came back, as I said, and had a blinder. And um, if I'm not mistaken, he ended up marking Danny Quality. And uh, yeah, we, we, we finished very strong that night. And it was all systems go then for the, for the final. Before we talk about the final and who you were playing and where you played it and who the amount of people you played it in front of, does the fact, or can you remember, did the fact that Bantry, O'Donovan Rossa, Castlehaven and Clannacilty in West Cork had won the county title coming into 1997, you would have seen, a, you would have had a good look at all these teams, not alone in the Keller Shield, but you would have seen them in championship. Did you feel like you were up to that mark and that your time was coming and that you were capable of winning it? Well, I honestly think we did because we were we were always coming closer and closer as we were going along. Like we had been beaten the previous year by UCC, mm. I think below in Bentley. And that was a very close margin. And like even previous to, to 97 and 96, I'll have to mention a club man of my own here, DJ O'Shea, God rest him, he's gone, he's gone from us now. He, he died suddenly during COVID. DJ was also involved with the Beira team. So it had been building over time right up to, to 97. And we always knew we had a great bunch of players, but you still have to go out and you have to play and you have to compete and you have to win. And um, we felt ourselves that we were good enough, but we needed to get a small bit of momentum going as a division. And that's why I think it was so important that we won them a couple of games. And like you said, having seen other West Cork teams going up and, and um, winning the county, we were saying, why can't it be us? Just why can't it be us? And, and I suppose we just... We put our shoulders to the wheel, basically, and, and we drove on. I remember that time being a bit younger than you, not much younger than you, but a little bit younger than you back in that day, at that time when Clan won it in 96 and when the other West Cork teams won it. But I also remember your under-21 team, Kieran. I remember Barra being the best under-21 team in the county. And they won a county in 97. They had won as well uh, the year before, I think. But how important was it? that you had the likes of Brendan Jarrah Sullivan. That's just one name now of a, of a very, very talented Bear under-21 team maturing around 97 because it added to what you already had. Oh, 100%. I mean, you, we, had a, we, had, we had a big mix of, of I suppose, of, of ages on the team, on the senior team of 97. But as you said, it built up from, from another 21-stroke senior senior team. But you have, to, you have to have that, you know, to be honest with you. Um, we were very lucky. There was a lot of work on Bear. Like all the talk has, is about the 97 senior team. The under 21s won the same year, a week later against Bishopstown, you know, in, an, in a county under 21 again. So at the time, there was a lot of football being played, a lot of football. Like the, the, the Tuesday night before 
the, the county final. We all got together and we trained in, in Castletown Bear. 42 people were tugged out that night training. Wow. Which, yeah, between under 21 and, and the senior team. So I'll tell you, like, it was a, it was a, a build-up for years, right, which was finally coming to an end. You were guaranteed nothing in the final, I would say. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's how many trained on that Tuesday night and people had travelled down from Cork, you know, to do that um, because they felt we were, we were so close. And there was a mix, as you said yourself, the under-21s, um, and even if we went back further, we, we were very lucky going back and going back as far as 1988 now, where we won a minor county. It was the first minor county the Bear ever had, had, had won. And we had a man called John Nolan, originally from Cargilline. Um, he's manager of the Castlebury Fishman's Co-op, but John was in charge of us that time. Very shrewd man. And there was, a, you know, a lot of the group of 98 were still involved here, or of 88 rather. Were still involved in in '97, so you could you could go back that far nearly and say that you know that group of players, not everybody obviously, but a lot of them stuck together and were still involved in '97 in again. That's brilliant. I mean, going back that far, that just show, that just shows you the connection that was within that particular group. And when you add in the likes of Brendan George Sullivan and all those young fellas yeah. that were used to winning, I think you need you know yourself. You need that winning mentality. That kind of young fellas coming onto the panel sometimes it gives the established players that boost that they wouldn't have had in a while when they see no fear. But was that the case with those young fellas that they just didn't have any fear? They just went out and got out with it. They, they had no fear, but you know, isn't that what you want? Yeah. I mean. I'm sure lads are apprehensive. You know, you're going to have some bit of nervousness go out into any match. But I mean, you can't, you can't fear anyone. You respect every player and you respect, you know, but you have to go out and, and without any fear and go out and play. And these lads, as you said, they were great footballers, Anne Regan, Brendan Jur, and, and plenty more. And they had actually won. Here we go again. They were going back. And in 88 as well, they had won another. 12 counties, <laughs> right? We're it's written in the Star of Soccer. I tell you know, right? I'm really going Jeez. back here now, John. Yeah. So like, you know, it was a great year, 88, for, for them two separate groups. And you still had a mix. So you had really had young and old in the senior team then in 97. Brilliant, brilliant. And it's just as well you did because you talked about nervousness and you talked about whatever about the, the, the exuberance of youth. 16,000 people were in Parky Cueve to watch yourselves in Castlehaven play out an absolute thriller. I'm not going to ask you blow for blow about that particular drawn game, but I am going to ask you, do you remember where you were on the pitch? 10 points apiece, time is up, we're into injury time, the Haven get a free. Who steps forward to take that free and what happens? I couldn't believe it because I said we were so close and like I happened to be involved with Cork at the time and Larry was in charge and, and when I saw him putting the ball down, I said, oh my God, this can't be happening because like Larry doesn't miss to be honest with you. And and I couldn't believe it when I saw it going right to the post. I said, oh my God, we've, we, we've been let off here today. I felt we didn't deserve to lose it, but that, you know, that, that happens. And I would have put my house in it that he'd put it over the bar, to be honest with you, because he was an unbelievable player, as we all know, and his free-taking was exemplary. But for whatever reason, <laughs> somebody blew it wide. Someone, yeah, and um, thankfully for us, it allowed us back a second day. And can I ask you about the fact the second day when you went on to win the replay in front of 12,000 people, which back then was a huge number for a replay, winning it 110 to 17 in the replay. The fact that it was two weeks, Kieran, was that, was that actually a good thing for you? Or can you remember back then? Like, I mean, sometimes as a player, you know, you know the replay's coming the following week. You just get on with training during the week and it comes around very quickly. Two weeks can be a bit of, you know, it can stretch a little bit. And, you know, there's a lot of distractions when you're in a county final, as you well know. But yeah. it obviously suited you to have that extra time. 
I, I think it did, but if Jerry, you might correct me on this now, but uh, I think Castlebar Intermediates were possibly playing in the middle because mm. Intermediates, Castlebar Intermediates are also playing at the same time. Yeah. There was so much football going on at, at that time. So I think they were playing in between, but I, I, I stand to be corrected on that. But yeah, it is because it was a kind of an anti-climax to a certain degree. I remember when like we came off the field in the drawing game with the dressing room. Of course, we were delighted that we were still involved, but it, it was an anti-climax at the same time because it was a county final, you know, and all of a sudden, my God, we, we have to come back again. But I suppose we were, we were good and glad, um, at least to be able to come back again. But yeah, I suppose the fortnight, it was just, we still regrouped very well. Like I said, Donal and Barry and Johnny Hoolan, everyone worked very well together and made sure that we weren't certainly getting carried away in a minute, that we, we hadn't won it yet and we had to go back out and do it all over again. Can you remember the feeling at the final whistle? Can you, I know there's pictures of you with your arms in the air and the cup being presented the Andy Scandal, that famous Andy Scandal, but can you remember or was it what you felt when you finally had done it? Oh my God, Jory, it was, it was, i never forget it. It was unbelievable because, like, first of all, the conditions were appalling. The pitch was, was so heavy. It was, it was a real tough game. Um, and they had chances right near the end. I mean, they had a free kick. Or was it a sideline ball? I can't remember. That was put into the square. And it bobbled around. And it came out. And I couldn't believe it. I said, out it comes. And eventually the whistle went. It was, I, I don't know. I mean, it was every positive feeling you could have all coming together. It just was unbelievable because, you know, it had been 30 years. I mean, we, you know, Vera had won it in 67, 30 years later. And I never forget when that final whistle went and the, the crowd just drove onto the field. Mm. It was unbelievable. I mean, the support we had over the two days was phenomenal. Even the first night when we went back after drawing, you'd say, you know, the atmosphere would be great. There was still a crowd that met us in Castletown Bear and people along the road. But what we met the night of the victorious night going home was just I'll never forget it for as long as I live it was unbelievable yeah great a great night and great celebrations lovely memories to have and fully deserved and before we we leave the subject um, talk to me about the holiday the following year uh, the, the trip to Madagascar <laughs> Am I, am I correct in saying that uh, now in fairness to Vera in fairness to the footballers and everybody involved you raised enough funds to go on a holiday in early in 1998 I think it was Malaga you went to. Do you remember? Um, I'm not going to ask you now what happened on the holidays because I know what goes on tour, stays on tour. But uh, how how special was that? I mean, that was a lovely thing to look forward to and something nice to do for the group. It was great. It was a great holiday, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know how it started off or how someone even thought of going on a holiday. But I suppose, look, having had the success we had, the word someone obviously said, maybe Donald Butcher himself said, look, Les, why don't we try and get together and, and, and go away? And someone said, yeah, we'll go in. After Malaga, we went and we had a great time, let me show you. And sure, yeah. And thankfully, we all came home out of it. <laughs> and that was probably, that was the main thing. But it was great. We we raised funds, like we sold pictures and um, everyone had so much to do. And um, we funded it. And Johnny Barry, Sullivan, he had a pub in Glengarv, Johnny Barry's. He sponsored Orn actually in 1992 when we won the county and he sponsored Bear again in 1997. And he was unbelievable. And we all had these t-shirts going out. Yeah, we had Bear on tour in 97. We all had the t-shirts going out. It was unbelievable, the fun. But I think after the first night, I think we had to, <laughs> we had to ditch the t-shirts. <laughs> I was just <laughs> going to say... We had to plan our own after the first night but it was it was great yeah we had great memories and thankfully we all came home with it 
Very good. Uh, Many's the night just for posterity. I've forgotten in Johnny Barry's fantastic pub down in Glengarriff. Yeah. So I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, look, uh, next Sunday at Parky Cueve, as we said at the outset, uh, at halftime in the Bonsecours Premier Senior Football County Final between the Bars and the Moor Rangers, the Barra County winning team from 1997, including Kirana Sullivan, who's on here in the Southern Star podcast with us, will be introduced at halftime. Um, it's a lovely accolade. It's a lovely, lovely memories. It was great to walk, go down memory lane today, tonight, and, and just talk about them, Kiran. Before we finish up, um, you're a very busy man. You're heavily involved in Oran, heavily involved in Barra, but there's some uh, some interesting things happening in Oran GA right now. Yeah, there is. We're very lucky at the moment. Um, I'm only one of a few in the committee, right, who are working very hard. Um, but we have our junior bees um, are out against Ballygarvan a week tonight in Dunmanway, and then the following day on the Saturday, our junior A's are out in the semi-final of the county um, against Kilmurray in Bantry at four o'clock. So there's there's a lot on, and even you know out in Bear, the Castle Bear 17s are in a county final tomorrow, and then next Saturday as well, the Bear under 17s are in a county final. So there's you know in, in Bear in general, there's still a lot of football going on. So hopefully, you know, in the, in the next two weeks, there'll be there'll be more success coming to Beira and then to the Oran Club. And uh, we wish everybody involved in Oran and in Beira. And it's just fantastic for me personally. I know, you know, we, we've had a lot of chats down the last couple of weeks. Yeah. How great is it to see Beira football on the front foot again, Kieran? It's super, to be honest. Look, we, I was involved with, with Paul Kelly and, and Mickey Osobel, Mickey Craig and Dennis Harrington, as we call him, Dennis Mick from Glengariff. We were involved there last year with the Beira Miners. And obviously had had success, which was sweet. It was brilliant against Bellancolic, right at the end by a point. And this year again, with the same squad really, but a few extra younger lads, um, but the under-19s and had success against Castlehaven um, below on Bantry. So it's great. It's great times. You're guaranteed nothing, but we're very, very lucky at the moment. There's um, there's a nice bunch of lads there. And I suppose the hardest thing from now on is going to try and keep everyone together. Um, keep everyone around, keep everyone interested. I really do think that they will. There's a very strong um, bunch uh, in, in, in the clubs locally. So hopefully we'll all stay together. And um, it's all good for Beira, you know, because it's great for the division. It's great for the whole place. It's great for the supporters. It's great for the area. You know, we're all clubmen. Yes, we all have our our individual clubs. But at the end of the day, we are a Beira division. And... Um, I'm hugely proud of it, and there's a lot of people going up here next uh, or next Sunday, Sunday week now in the in the, in the final at halftime who are very very proud bear of people, and and I hope that will continue. Well said, and we hope that the team, the panel from 1997, enjoys the accolade at halftime. I hope the bus gets there on time, and I certainly hope. I just thought about. I hope that bus gets home, Kieran. <laughs> but for, for now, Kieran uh, O'Sullivan, Orhan, former Cork and All Ireland winning footballer, and Orhan and Bera, and member of the Bera 1987 uh, county winning team. Thank you very much for joining us on the Southern Star Podcast. Thanks, sir. You're very welcome. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. The national outpouring of joy when Amber Barrett put the goal in the Scotland net at Hampden Park to send Ireland to next summer's Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand felt like a significant moment for Irish sport for a number of reasons. That significance was not lost on Bandon AFC coach Anya O'Donovan, who is something of a trailblazer in her own right when it comes to soccer in this country. Anya has been speaking to Dylan Mangan about that historic moment 
and what it might mean for the future of women's soccer in West Cork and beyond. So I guess there's only one place to start with Anya O'Donovan today, and that's with the Irish women's national team. A massive achievement for them to qualify for the Women's World Cup for the first time ever. To start, Anya, I guess, how important is the qualification and how big an achievement is it? Um, It's absolutely massive um, for the girls themselves, but I think the knock-on effect it's going to have here in Ireland and for grassroots clubs, women's national league clubs, and obviously the women's national team themselves, it's absolutely a massive achievement. Um, something that isn't just like it's been coming for a while. Um, they've they've been working really hard, and even there's girls from the national league up every month at home base, um, training camps and things like that. So like. Vera and the staff have been working really hard behind the scenes. The players have obviously been putting in the hard work. And when when they won against Scotland, I think um, everyone in the country just got a big buzz off it. Um, myself, I was actually on a UEFA Youth B women's license course. So there was 12 of us all huddled around the TV, jumping for joy when the final whistle went um, that evening. But like, it was a proud moment, like just to just to be, you know, a small part of women's football in Ireland, I suppose. And like the their slogan, Out Believe, I think just really captures that team. Like they do just, they keep breaking down the barriers and just keep keep fighting. I have a great opportunity next summer as well in Australia with the draw that they got um, with Australia, yeah. Canada, Nigeria. It seems like a, a, a decent draw for them. Amber Barrett came out during the week and said that she wants to qualify for the second round. Do you think that's something that they can achieve? Absolutely. And I think with this group of players and the staff and say the country like as a whole and even um the Irish stay out in Australia, they're just gonna get so much backing. Um and they're gonna to prove to all the bigger nations and stuff how our little country will fight to the better. Like, you know, we're a country that will always fight and have massive pride in that. And I think What's absolutely fantastic is the the opening game of the World Cup against the hosts. Like what, like your first ma- major tournament, and what an opening to get the buzz like they get now off that like would just be, do you know, would be massive. And then obviously, when you're in Australia next year, like it's just going to be absolutely massive for the girls. Like opening opening game of the tournament against the host nation. Like, it's stuff really that dreams are made of for... If I was a player in that squad, I'd be absolutely loving it now, to be honest. And with it being in Australia as well and the amount of Irish people living over there, it would almost be like a 50-50 split in the crowd, you could imagine, with the yeah, amount of people. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. And you hope that the Irish that are over there will get behind the girls because they deserve absolutely every bit of it. Like, only in 2017, they had their... Um, do you know, their speak-out about the or their like lack of resources and stuff and five or six years later they're after qualifying for a world cup like it's a massive turnaround and like the hard work done behind the scenes is just incredible yeah and that hard work and the achievement that they that they have gone on um to achieve it really does kind of trickle down to the grassroots as well you're involved with um Bandon soccer club and you coach with the seniors men men's team which we'll talk about in a little bit but the School of Excellence there have a lot of um, young girls in the 
younger teams and have you seen a kind of a rise in in people coming or has it just given a boost to everyone there i think it's just given a massive boost um we have an under 14 girls team as well and it's just like a buzz around the place you know kids coming in their irish jerseys um to school of excellence every saturday morning um even like i work in a school here in bandon and the buzz the wednesday after all the kids out in the yard playing soccer and it was dreaming of qualifying for the world cup do you know those little things like would never have been seen before um and i think it's just absolutely brilliant both boys and girls just now looking up to the likes of katie mccabe denise o'sullivan do you know all those uh girls they're now like extreme they're ex- role models but not just for girls like for boys as well and here in band like where obviously we've connor Arahin, we've uh, Kato Donovan, Eve Cotter, and Borda DC all have come through. Bandon AFC and are now playing with Cork City Women's. And do you know between those girls and the girls qualifying for the World Cup, um, women's football in Bandon is just going to go from strength to strength. Um, between our School of Excellence, our underage school girls teams, and then we have a women's football fitness. It's called Let's Have a Kick Off It now as well, and it's just enjoyment and. There's just a buzz around um, women's football at the moment, which is absolutely fantastic for the sport. Yeah, and Bandon does have a real uh, a stamp of approval, I guess, in, in the Munster Senior League as well this year. Uh, top of the league at the moment, some great victories recently away against Everton and against second place Douglas Hall. Are you happy with how the uh, senior team are performing so far? Yeah, I'm absolutely Delighted. It's my first year working in senior men's football. I would have coached a lot of the lads when they were underage. But uh Sean Holland asked me during the summer to get involved and I didn't think about I didn't think about it twice to be honest. Um for myself was re- I'm really proud to be involved. Um coaching your seat your in your home club, the highest that you can be involved in Munster Senior League. Um, as you said, top of the table at the minute. Um it's just like for me as a coach, it's absolutely amazing. Um, working with the lads twice and three times a week and then when you see the stuff you put in on training working in games and obviously we had a top of the table clash there a few weeks ago against Douglas and coming out on top of that it was just a amazing feeling and just um, the lads just give 100% week in week out and um, they're a credit to the club but I absolutely love working with them they put in exact like they get the rewards for what they put in and hopefully in a couple of months' time, we'll be after being promoted as first division winners up to the Munster Senior League Premier Division, and like are want wanting to stay there. Like you know, we don't want to come back straight back down. So there's a massive drive and determination. So hopefully, um, yeah, come May we'll be um up in the Premier League. And how have you found the the coaching experience overall? Like I know you you kind of are devoting your life to it at the moment. It's something that you're you're really um, invested in and do you think that's something that you you want to continue going forward if I could coach like 24 hours a day seven days a week 365 days a year I would um something that I've always had a passion in I suppose was soccer and then uh when I got diagnosed with my juvenile arthritis um my playing career I would have been like I kept playing but I just knew it wasn't gonna be um for much longer so Nyla Regan um, came to me and spoke to me. He was my coach at the time in Bandon and just said, look, Anya, the, there's different options. And I think 
Bannon is fantastic at that. Like we obviously have Niall, who's head of FAI coach education. We've Richie Holland, who's just started winning the first division with uh Cork City. And like there's so many other coaches who just give their like undivided attention and just their for their love of the game to abandon AFC. Um but no myself, I absolutely love it. Coaching the men's team, it's different because obviously I've worked in a lot of female um environments with Cork City, uh Cork School Girls League. But um they're an absolutely brilliant bunch of lads and so far anyway we're getting the rewards that of their hard work and stuff. Um so hopefully long may it continue and yeah. What are your kind of ambitions going forward? Like um are you a future Vera Paul replacement? <laughs> um I'd absolutely love to so I'm currently on my UEFA UP license. So I'm two or three away from my pro license. Um so I'd absolutely love to get my A license first and just take it like say day by day. Um like if you asked me this time last year, would I be coaching our Munster Senior League abandoned um, in my local club? I would have probably laughed in your face. So, do you know, things open up without, do you know, without going looking for them. Um, so, yeah, no, just take it day by day kind of a thing. Keep working hard, obviously, training and doing the uh, coaching courses and then just see what happens kind of thing, see where the road takes me. Is that um mindset something you mentioned briefly there, your diagnosis with juvenile arthritis? Is that something that that diagnosis kind of taught you to embrace that kind of a, a mindset? Yeah, I think so. Um, Like I remember going up to Crumlin Children's Hospital for over nine years up and down. And when I was diagnosed first, I genuinely felt my world was going to go turn right out. Like it was because sport was my life and kind of it was being taken away from me. Like I was playing Camogie, football, soccer, everything you can imagine. I was out every night of the week. But from seeing, like, say, other kids in Crumlin and even through ICANN, so the Irish Children's Arthritis Network, like, I've learned that there's always someone worse than me. And I know that may sound very, like, bleak, but, like, you drive on and, like, when I was up in Crumlin, there was a six-month-year-old baby going for the same treatment that I was going for. And I lived, like, in my head, I'll never forget that. Like, I lived 13 years of my life, say, pain-free and was able to do all these things the best of my ability, like, go to school and do all this. But that child has just started their life and they're, like, being diagnosed with this and they've never experienced any of that kind of thing. So, like, things like that, I think, has made me realise, you know, um, always there's, a, you know, everything happens for a reason. Um, and I was never like I'll put my hand up I was never a great soccer player Um, absolutely loved it and like went um to every training and every match and stuff it was never going to be you know in an Irish team or even a Cork team or whatever it may be so like coaching has opened so many doors for me um, and gave me so many opportunities it's been absolutely incredible Um, like winning an FAI Cup a few years ago with Cork City like again if you told me five or six years ago that would be happening I would probably laugh in your face the same in 2020 when we went to Tala um, and lost to P-Mount that year and um, last year with the under 17 Cork City girls uh, working with Sarah Healy it's just been absolutely incredible and like there's so many more experiences that I've got as a coach say that I wouldn't have got as a player and it's just 
you take it day by day like and you will have good days as a player and you have bad days as a player and same thing in coaching and with my diagnosis as of juvenile arthritis you do have good days where you can get up and walk a 5k but then the following day or two days later you'll have a really bad day and won't be able to get out of bed so you take the good days with the bad days and I think that sort of has come into my coaching philosophy as well like you will have a great result say 3-0 against Everton last weekend and beating Douglas Hall two weeks ago on the top of the table clash but there will be a bad day as well and you know things like that um definitely with the juvenile arthritis it has taught me a lot um to have a kind of a growth mindset rather than a fixed mindset I suppose is the best way of putting it yeah I guess long may the good days last for Ireland for Bannon and for yourself um thank you so much for joining us on the, on the podcast today I think we'll leave it there um and thanks again no hassle thanks a million for having me the Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Now, before we wrap up this week's Star Sport Podcast, I just want to briefly point to what's coming up in this week's Southern Star Sports section. So, obviously, we have all the fallout from Bantry's loss to Cantork in the Premier Intermediate football final at Parker Cueve last Sunday. Holly O'Sullivan's writing about it. We have reports, reaction and analysis from that game and loads of photos as well. So if you were at the game, there's a chance you may feature in Thursday's Southern Star. So if you're from Bantry, you'll want to pick up this as well. Even if they did lose, it was still a historic occasion for the club. We also have... Tom Lyons writing about the very tragic news that came out of Clonakilty last weekend. Tom's paying tribute to the late, great Podrick Griffin, who sadly passed away. Tom's remembering his playing days with Clonakilty when Podrick won two county titles in 1996 and 2009. So it's a poignant piece from Tom and well worth picking up if you want to remember Podrick's Brilliant playing days. We also have reports from Inescara's Premier Intermediate Hurling County Final win and Randall Oag's win over Ballinhasic in the Cork Junior B Hurling Championship. We have a two-page spread on Ballinascarty's Carberry Junior A Hurling Championship final win over Town, as well as a report from the Mid-Cork Junior Final which saw Ballinora beating Grenna. There's also news of a big milestone for Bandon RFC. They're celebrating their 140th year this Saturday with a meal and a game against Belfast Cook RFC. So if you're a Bandon rugby fan or a West Cork rugby fan in general, you'll want to pick up this week's paper for that. And if you are a rugby fan and you're in the region on Saturday, why not head down to Old Chapel for that game and help Bandon celebrate this remarkable milestone we have all your old favorites as well including west cork soccer road bowling and motorsports so be sure to pick up this week's southern star sports section for all of that and if you can't make it to a shop on thursday you can always subscribe online just go to www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper and subscribe to the southern star for less than two euro per week
thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast and thanks as well to Jeremy McCarthy and our producer Dylan Mangan if you enjoy these shows please make sure to rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts Spotify, YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts Slán Tomlund